You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on WMR. It is the 30th of June, the last day of June, 2022. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Dave Davies from Weights and Biases and... Um, you know, I thought it was going to be a really boring, slow, nothing much happened week. And then the last couple of days happened um, and tons and tons of stuff came out. And it's been quite interesting last couple of days. Dave, how are you doing, man? I am doing uh, fantastic. Like, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, it, it's, it's uh, I, I'm going to be I'm going to be flying uh, tomorrow and then flying back and taking advantage of the long weekend. But um one of my nieces is getting married on the weekend, so um, I'm off to the off to the prairies to attend a wedding. So you know, obviously that's and it's the the first of, of that generation um, that I'm getting to attend their wedding. So oh, sweet stuff. bon voyage, yeah. excellent. Um, okay, we got a uh, a really tight schedule this show. I know we got somebody coming up right after us in the studio, and uh, uh, there was uh, uh, so we got tons and tons of stuff to get through. Um, I guess the first thing is uh, uh, neat stats came out in uh, Search Engine Journal uh, outlining um, who the, the most you know most popular content management system and um, the rumors of uh, WordPress's device are obviously greatly exaggerated. In fact, um, the uh, awesomeness of WordPress's dominance of the market are uh, kind of impressive. Yeah, you know, it, it, it kind of reminds me, and I've, I've, I've fallen for it myself, and I, I fell for it then, uh, but it kind of reminds me of occasionally, and this this went back to like the sort of like late 2000, like 2008, 2009 or something, and Google would lose like 1% or 2% market share, and we'd be like, oh, well, you know, like Bing's on the rise now, like, and all of a sudden, like somehow <laughs> something is, is massively changing, and then you know, a year later, you'd go, oh, nothing. Like, there was, a, like, a hiccup, and somebody gained a little bit. But WordPress is still holding their own very, very well. 
Okay. Um, uh, according to stats in uh, an article published in uh, Journal by Mindy Weinstein uh, just earlier today, um, 64.2% of sites on the web um, use WordPress. 31% use don't use a content management system at all. And, and, and that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and then we start getting into the uh, the the the, the um, e-commerce platforms and the smaller um, uh, con- content management systems. Six point three percent use Shopify. Three point four percent use Wix. Three percent use Squarespace. Two point five use uh, Joomla. One point eight use Drupal. One point six use like Adobe systems, um, and one point four use Google systems. So. Um, I guess the main competitor right now with with uh, WordPress would would be Wix, and they've been making a heck of a lot of noise. Um, but um, and three point four percent of a massive, insanely huge global market is not is nothing to sneeze at. But WordPress is still radically dominant, even above the the, the hardcore e commerce platforms. Yeah, and that's what I would find interesting um, to to know, and I. I don't think that the stats are broken down in, in the piece. Um, maybe I need to dig a little further, but I'm thinking of it just right now is how does that break down by site type? Like if we, if we look at in e-com, which is an incredibly valuable sub-niche, like it's better than just like Dave's personal blog.com kind of thing, right? Like going, okay, these are professional businesses. Uh, how does that now break down? Just to see in the, the, the value of a site, now, all of a sudden, how does that, that partition out, um, you know, and how much of those WordPress sites are just hobby sites versus, you know, Shopify, all 6.3% of those are businesses, like real businesses that invest mm-hmm. real money in their business. So um, I'd be interested to know those stats and, and maybe something that I should get off my butt uh, and actually try and uh, try and pull the data on and, and figure out. Well, indeed, India. I think that's actually that's actually a really, really good point. Um, uh, I was still surprised to see that uh, Shopify had such had low numbers. I was it was also a couple of um, e-com platforms. Um, I was surprised not to see um, uh, big commerce, for instance. I, I was, uh, thought that would have a percentage of the market anyway. Um, Anyway, there we go. The, the, I would still suggest WordPress has um, a little bit of heft. You know, um, it's, it's an ongoing concern. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, I, I find all of these sort of stats very, very interesting. And one thing that I, I find it super interesting because we, we've been doing the show for a while. And so we can sort of like back think about stories relative mm-hmm. to ones that we're talking about now and seeing that Wix has done some big things like we talked about it on the show, like their, their, their move on speed, for example, is, is significant. Like they, they've done a lot of great work there. Um, Duda is not in this list. They're also doing, you know, putting in some, some mm-hmm. great efforts on, on their own stuff. And to see that just our, our habits, like the, these are the, the sites that we use, like it hasn't really moved Wix's, the vast effort they're putting in hasn't really moved the, the, the needle for them yet. I mean, maybe it will, but it hasn't moved the needle for them. And uh, that's got to be frustrating on their end. At the same time, as you pointed out earlier in this segment, this is a vast market. Wix has a, a sizable chunk of it, um, you know, on, 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 on like just, just sheer volume. Um, and so that they're not losing might be worth the effort that they're putting in. Like that, 
these efforts are just like, we're just keeping 3.4% of a vastly huge and valuable um, sort of landscape might be worth it for them. Like Bing still keeps doing search, right? Even though it's it's a, a small percentage of, of the market, it obviously pays for itself for them. So, yep, yep. Okay, um, Google wants you to know, just to, just to clarify things, um, 50 megabytes is big, really, really big. So vastly big that um, Douglas Adams might expand paragraphs on how really, really big it is. Um, Google updated uh, guidance on how much of HTML its spiders are willing to suck up and what, and what crawl, and apparently 50 megabytes is it. You go above 50 megabytes and they're just not paying attention anymore. They got no time for that. That affects what a hundred and fifty. I think um, uh, Gary M- or uh, John Mueller actually confirmed that that can affects maybe a hundred and fifty-seven websites on the entire web. Right. Yeah. So you know where the ceiling is, but it's still <laughs> way the hell up there. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how much patience people visiting said websites would have to have, uh, but. Good. <laughs> imagine, imagine if eBay was one of those unending scrollable websites that just don't stop scrolling and just right. keep feeding information on the bottom end. That's kind of what I think it'd have to be to hit. I don't, I don't know how else you'd do that. Yeah. Like get that big. And that's just HTML. That's not including images or video or anything else, all of which are um, looked at and rendered as like separate objects. That's right. just HTML. Right. Now, an important note, if you're one of that handful of websites, like literally, I guess, in this case, we're talking about a handful of websites. Hire us! All it just means is just game the first 15 megs, right? Like, make sure you the, the content you need to rank with <laughs> is in the first 15 megs because they, they are going to crawl that. It's not like they hit 15 and go, oh, discard this page. They just stop uh, going, we're going to index this, <laughs> now, <laughs> which is fair enough. So Just for a sense of scale, that might be on page 750 or 7,500, really, I'm not sure, of, of your content. Right. Well, what I thought is I just want to make a massive glossary of everything in Wikipedia, just alphabetize all in one, uh, <laughs> you know, interlinked page. Uh, yeah, I mean, good fun. But it, it, these sort of limits are good to know, like just for 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 our own sake, if nothing else. And heck, some of us can even misuse this information and convince our clients that, no, it's just at 15 in total, like just, just to get them to do the right thing. And absolutely don't tell the developers because they'll see that as their, as their <laughs> optimal ceiling. <laughs> for God's sake, don't let the development team know. There isn't a problem. They'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see where to go. FCC, this is actually, this is an important announcement, and they say you should put this stuff up top. Um, the FCC commissioner has asked Google and Apple to remove TikTok from it from their respective uh, online stores. Um, TikTok, as our users might know, is probably the most uh, popular and um, downright addictive uh, fun video um I don't know how it's a communications tool now, really. I mean, like, uh, it's, it's, it's not a, it's, I don't even know what to describe it as, except a video platform that gajillions of people are using and feeding information straight on back to um, the People's Republic of China. Apparent, according to the FCC. Right. According to the People's Republic of China, meh, huh, what? Like, we care? It's, 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 a, it's a video of a skunk. <laughs> 
Like, we don't care. <laughs> um, or it's, you know, a TikTok challenge. People falling off of boxes. Like, how do we get the Westerners to do stupid stuff? They don't care. Anyway, SEC is saying stop using it. Um, so, there. there. I don't even know what to say about that, except... <laughs> mm. And it's all... Yeah, exactly. I'm like... Hmm. Yeah, I don't really have a comment other than going, well, I guess it's all about perspective. Like it all depends on what side of the coin you're, you're, you're looking at a scenario from uh, what, what you're going to be doing. But uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. I'm sure there's a, there's a bunch of um, K-pop enthusiasts who are the most incredible artists uh, using the TikTok medium. Um, mm-hmm. I really hope they find a medium that isn't so toxic to use and keep on doing what they're doing. Um, but it's re- the web is a weird place. Um, stories like this, I don't know how to deal with because you don't want to tell people not to do something that's incredibly creative. But um, at the same time, it's you don't want to use a uh, toxic tool. Yeah, I, I know. I know. And it comes to uh, this one. I do sort of lean and this is just me and it is like personal take, but lean more on the yeah, it's our job to like educate on here are the like vulnerabilities, but personally, I think now it's up to the the user to decide what they're what they're doing. Like if you're if you're if your data on your phone is such that this is a big problem for you to like have this app or you know, if, if this is such get a new phone, like get a different phone. Like you should have a different phone for your business if you're a security breach. Um, and you really, really need to be on on TikTok, uh, like for for whatever reason of like just draining your brain. Like I, I sort of view this as this is personal responsibility. Google should and Apple should not be be having to to sort of police this one for us. But that's that's just my opinion on this one. And I know it's a, now, it's a big issue. On the other hand, more skunk and raccoon videos. Like seriously, we can't have enough of those on the web. <laughs> I guess part of my bias is I like TikTok. <laughs> just. I do. I can go there. It's one of the social platforms where I go. I don't get drawn into stupid arguments that I probably shouldn't have engaged with in the beginning. <laughs> um, and I just get to watch, for the most part, stupid people. Well, smart people do stupid things um, and, and be entertained by it. So, Yep. Okay. So next, Google is going to pay Wikipedia for content. Yeah. It's an, yeah. Interest, it's an interesting story. Given the troubles and 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 agreements that 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 the Googles had to make with, um, say, the government of Canada and uh, the government of Australia, regarding, I, I believe, also France and Germany regarding use of um, links from from the mainstream from like mainstream media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in in this case, like one of one of the other, there's there's a new. Uh, it's, Wikimedia Enterprise, right? Like they, they've just launched Wikimedia Enterprise and it, it basically is to purchase the use of, of their content. Um, Archive and Google are the only two customers right now. Archive is getting it free. So it's not really a customer. They just, fair enough. These are like two important sort of organizations, I think going, let's just do this free because we both are providing enormous value to the internet just for existing. Um, Google is the first paid customer. I think it makes a lot of sense because you think about how much content Wikipedia provides that specifically results in no clicks, like a, a massive, massive chunk of Wikipedia's value to the internet gets them zero clicks. Um, 
so I, I, I and, and provides that enormous value to Google by keeping our eyeballs on Google to do the next query that might show an ad, right? Like it, it is valuable all around. So I, I love this. I love anything that really puts the the incentive, like the, the, the monetary incentive to produce quality content back on publishers. This is a weird one because like crowdsourced content, but still like Wikipedia is expensive to run. I know oh. because I keep getting them like pleading with me to, to donate to them every year. Every year I get sucked into donating to them. Hey, if uh, everybody gave like three bucks, man, if everyone gave three bucks <laughs> and everybody who uses Wikipedia has seen the banner that tells them that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and fair enough, fair enough. Like they, they do provide out. There's a reason that I donate to them. Now for, for what it's worth in uh, just for, for, for some perspective um, in, 2010, Google gave uh, 2 million American to uh, uh, Wikimedia, um, mostly because they thought it was really cool and wanted to support it, not, not as a data sharing agreement or, or anything like that. They just really wanted to, to, to support it. Um, and again, in 2019, um, Google uh, kicked 3 million towards the Wikimedia, uh, Wikimedia Foundation. Um, don't know the exact terms of how much they're going to be paying of the, of the agreement they've made with uh, Wikimedia Enterprise, but um, I think yeah, I agree. It's I think it's a total a step in the right direction. Yeah. Um, Google's certainly profiting off of the gathering, dissemination, and uh, storage of this information. So like, yeah, um, I, I hope that I mean Google's making a lot of money each quarter, like yeah. a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of money. Um, I hope some of that can filter back to organizations that used to be making that money. Then Google's, how to say it? I mean, like, it's such a hard thing to, because to, there's no formula for what's right and wrong and what is stolen traffic or into traffic. And, you know, without Google, a whole, some, a whole bunch of media wouldn't get traffic at all. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very complex issue. Yeah. And, and where I differentiate here, because we, we've heard this and we've covered it before, where news sites are like, and you should be paying us to show our listings. I, I generally sort of push back on that one in the, I'm looking at Google News, I'm seeing a bunch of titles and short descriptions or whatever, but I'm, I'm actually going to click through if I'm interested in this story. In this case, Google's actually just grabbing their content and going, here it is. And a lot of it is just the answer that we're going to take resulting in a zero click. Like some news does. But let's be honest, that's the problem with the readers, that we all have our enormous understanding and passionate opinion on a subject from reading an eight-word title and a 20-word description that we see in the like search result. And now I'm going to passionately argue about why I hate or love somebody. Uh, that's, that's our problem. I think in this case, though, Google is using Wikipedia data to actually provide what is in their view the answer to something. I can't count the number of times I've asked my Google Home something, and the answer is Wikipedia in its totality. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's what I'm really enjoying about this. I think you get questionable in some cases where the actual intent is for a click. It's because people are, are a little simple sometimes, myself included, that we decide we know something based on a title and description. That's not the fault of Google that we're not clicking through to the news. But I, I think in this case, because Google's intent is for us to click through, it's not meant as a portal to something. It is meant as the answer. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. And that's, again, that the generation of that answers got a, that, that, are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress. 
powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony, trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. Miami is more than beaches, palm trees, and fun in the sun. It's home every year to the Miami Book Fair, celebrating its 39th year of hosting authors and readers from around the world, November 13th through the 20th. Join us in downtown Miami at the Wolfson campus of Miami-Dade College. Connect with over 500 authors reading from their books in English, Spanish, French, and Creole, answering questions and signing hard copies. The 2022 edition of the Miami Book Fair welcomes everyone of all ages to come together, meet, and make new friends, exchange ideas, and discover one's next favorite author. Let's explore, discover, and learn together. Featured authors will include award-winning novelists, Anthony Horowitz, Ben Mesrich, Craig Johnson, Danny Shapiro, Elena Shapiro, Jimmy Attenberg, poet Sandra Cisneros, and authors writing about the trending topics of the day. Lisa Genova, Jerry Stahl, Marie Brenner, Mark Kurlansky, Samantha Cole, Stacey Schiff, Katie Tour, and many others. For more information, please visit MiamiBookFair.com. Follow the fair at Miami Book Fair and join the conversation hashtag Miami Book Fair 2022. Took effort. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> to, to, to say the least, you know, a little <laughs> tip for the effort here. Um, okay, here, speaking of a tip, um, any SEOs out there who are looking for work right now? Um, Dave just uh, posted a uh, quick help wanted ad in the uh, in in our in our chat. Um, Weights and Biases is hiring a junior SEO specialist, and that junior SEO specialist gets to work with the lead SEO specialist, who I believe might be you. That's me. Um, so yeah, um, what are you all hiring for? Uh, well, I need I need help. Um, <laughs> we're growing yeah. rapidly. We're producing a lot more. <laughs> Jim's like, yeah, I've done show long enough with you, buddy. I know you need help. Um, but yeah, we're 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 growing rapidly, um, which means that our content is growing rapidly, and there's a growing list of things that I need done. So uh, for anybody with some some solid chops in, in SEO and an interest in machine learning. You don't need to know it, but everybody who's listened here knows that like I have one and the job will require you learn it. Uh, not to be a professional, just understand the terms and terminology um, and, and how to use them. Uh, you can apply at WANDB, W-A-N-D, the letter B, dot me slash SEO dash job. That's just a short link. that will take you to the posting and uh, yeah, feel free to apply. Um, strongly recommended, um, especially for people who are just starting their career and want a grounding in, uh, in machine learning. Um, I am, I imagine that's, I imagine they'll learn rather quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Their first, uh, like the, the first series of projects that they will have, 
will be to get them understanding enough to now go in and properly optimize content. So the first few months are going to be Karate Kid, for those old enough to remember the reference, wax on, wax off. You're going to be like visiting 600 pages and doing mundane work, but you will come out of that understanding a lot of what's going on in the machine learning space and able to actually start creating content strategies and things like that in, in a very, very complicated field. No, oh, brilliant. Um, plus, you get to work with Dave, yeah. which is exciting in and of itself. I, I like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, where to next? Is there anything anything that's just like popping out at you? I got a couple lined up right in front of me, but each of them will take a few minutes. Um, well, one of them that I, I want to make sure that we, we touch on, and this was covered over at Search Engine Land. It's not in the search space, but it is in the social space. Um, and I'm just, I find this really interesting. It's only for paid right now, but I suspect that we'll start to see it. Um, it's on Twitter, they're launching branded likes. So where you'll be able to replace that like button, like icon with your own emoji. Oh, um, well, so, hold on. Like I can, I can make smiling Jim. I what's suppose gonna, you could make a smiling gym. What's that going to um, cost me? It looks, it looks like it's just going to be made available to just advertisers. Like advertisers can do this on their advertised posts. I would love it if they just went, your brand can buy this. Like, I think that would be a really, really smart thing to do. I don't think they're stupid. They will probably see once it gets some adoption at this level going, right. And if we just let them do it on their page, they will spend $1,000 a month to have this right. Like a big brand would absolutely spend a thousand dollars. A thousand a month. They will spend 10 to 15 a month just to get the attention. I mean, Arby's versus Burger King. Right. And so maybe they just do it based on the number of followers that you have. So make sure you don't pay for junk followers, (laughs) um, but maybe they, they, you know, would, would do it on, on that criteria to allow small businesses to grow with that and make the feature something that, uh, that everybody wants. Uh, and, and everybody's familiar with. But anyway, I thought that was really interesting and something for folks that do advertise on Twitter to be aware of um, it is coming out. And I think it's going to be really, really interesting. 1,001 ways to make ourselves more interesting to, to Elon Musk. Here's an idea. <laughs> Let him have a smiling Elon button. Right. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, if you're doing SEO uh, with e-commerce, it gets... Um, E-commerce is an incredibly complicated and detailed place to work. And uh, if you're in the e-commerce space, check out um, Search Engine Roundtable today. You get to um, have an article or a video that was published by um, Alan Kent from Google, paraphrased by Barry Schwartz. We've got him in at least once today. on 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 working with um uh, 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 e-commerce SEO um and again I'm doing a lot of e-commerce SEO and it is seriously 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 incredibly complicated um I'm gonna go through just the um uh basically the H2s of each of uh, of each of the tips. I'm not going to get into the, ex- the minor explanation that Barry gets into or the huge explanation that Alan gets into, but watch this video. Um, 
number one, have your have your technical SEO down down pat. Um, make sure your titles and then meta descriptions and H ones and your content is all lined up, and that the page is actually like you know spiderable, um, indexable. Um, make sure that you have uh, content um, basically for everybody who is moving through um, uh, uh, their, their 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 customer journey. Um, if you want content, if you want stuff to rank for different searches as people are searching, write content for where they might be in their in their journey. Um, use markup, markup product variant pages. Um, each product variant should have a unique URL, and we're actually going to be covering this in a, 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 in a few minutes um, in another segment in the show. Um, learn how learn how to markup products that have a number of different variants to them um comes with different colors sizes shapes and all that sort of stuff um if you have a deal or sale um url um reuse it over and over and over again if you have a mother's day sale um don't make a new one each year reuse the same one you, you get equity equity for that url over and over and over again um Heightened performance, make it faster. Um, remember, SEO is a long game. Trust other SEOs, ask for help, and um, make sure that everything you do, if you have to have a, if it's a conflict between like marketability or SEO stuff, or what's good for the user, err on the side of the user. Those are the tips. Yeah, the only one, and I was surprised it wasn't there. Like, I mean, this is all great advice, but one that I was surprised wasn't there to make sure you have a feed and submit it to Merchant Center. Um, and it was yeah. the one thing that I was just like, okay, I would have <laughs> thought that would have just been like a, a given since they've now um, sort of turned on organic results and, and uh, allowed organic into, into the Merchant Center feeds. But um, yeah, I, I was surprised that was missing, but I, I think they weren't looking from a feed level sort of thing because that is through Google Shopping, not Google Search. I view them as the same thing, sort of functionally. But yeah, only um, I would add. Well, I, that could, I suppose, go under technical SEO, but no, absolutely right. That should be a very specific. Um, and in fact, Google talked about that, what, like three weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah. That's um, why it was like top of mind for me because I haven't worked in, in this area in, in a little bit. But um, yeah. Anyway, interesting. Um, something that we uh, had mentioned uh, just a, a few minutes ago um, as part of that Um Google recently updated its um, product structure data guidance and mostly to deal with, um, okay, so say you're an e you're working an e-commerce site and uh, you sell shirts and the shirt comes in a variety of sizes, large, extra large, medium and small, and a variety of colors, um, black, white, red, yellow, and blue. Um, and you've got drop downs that show variants, each of those variants. Well, each of those, when you um, mix and match and make all those variants, those are all unique URLs. And those URLs have every chance of ranking. They just need to, Google just needs to know that those can exist and you can mark those up specifically. Canonicalize back to the original URL where, where you know, none of the markups or none of the, 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 the selections are made. And... Um, you have now optimized for several variants of the same product. That's a, a really, really, I've never seen it written quite that way. And I think that's a very smart way of doing that. 
<laughs> um, just as a point. And now it's, now, it's uh, I don't know why I felt like I needed to add that I think this is very smart, but I do. And it's not surprising because Roger, um, also somebody we mentioned frequently, is a bright guy. Yeah, uh, Roger has a way of, of clarifying the, uh, the very difficult. Now, the important thing here, the, 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 key, the key crux is every variant must have its own distinct URL. But if, if you can do that, a, a URL that's going to be solid and, and come up again and again and again, then that can be ranked and can be, um, uh, 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 it's its own page. It has every reason I want a blue extra large shirt with a sailboat on it. Should you be that shirt, you should rank. Right. Yeah, no, and that, that is very true because I have had the experience myself. Like we we often worry about thin content, right? On, on exactly those sorts of pages, right? Where you're like, oh, okay, but like a lot, like all that's changed is the size, right? Or, or something like that. Like all that's changed on, on these pages is this. But as a searcher, sometimes that's the change I need you to present. Like sometimes I don't want a result if it's not size 11 and a half, right? Like sometimes I want you to just filter that out. Um, so it makes sense that this this works the way it does. Um, obviously, leads to some other challenges on an SEO standpoint, but I think that that these dealt with it pretty well and, and creatively. Well, it leads to other challenges for an SEO, but I'm telling you, in, in the econ space, with the, with especially in some of the verticals, say, you've got the competition is so fierce that if I can get one more product there, one more chance, yeah, you know. Um, and the scale sometimes, um, how much does um, extra traffic to uh, uh, a specific a specific variant mean when you're looking at like 40 or 50,000 users a day? Right. That means a lot, <laughs> you know, yeah. like you, you, might, you might actually be, be, be selling hundreds or, or more dollars worth of, mer- of a specific piece of merchandise on a massive e-com site scale that to all the products and um, you've done your client a massive favor, even though it's a massive investment of time. Oh, indeed. Yeah. You look at something like, it's always the placeholder for e-com, right? But you look at something like Amazon and go, if they could increase the number of clicks per product by (laughs) 0.1, you know, per day, um, based on, on, on following these sorts of guidelines and rules, how many sales is that? Um, And, you know, this is modern SEO lingo. This is the kind of stuff that SEOs have to be able to understand and phrase to sell their services. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of stuff that SEOs have to be able to understand and phrase, and Nina, you're about to you're about to go into into a uh, hiring process, which is the interview process sucks, eh? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, in uh, at the uh, Google uh, New York meetup, New York City meetup, um, Lily Ray uh, mentioned a uh, a qualifying mm-hmm. question that. Um, you know, I thought actually, I thought it's a great question. Um, she says she asked this, and it's again, it's 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 a wonderful sorter, and it's the ability to def- to know and define the difference between crawling, indexing, rendering, and rankings. Right. Yeah, I, I'm just going to note I, I stole that by the way, and that will be so. Here's a hint for folks who might have heard that and be about to apply. That will be one of the questions. I thought as soon as I read that, and I'm in good company on people who complimented Lily on on that great question. Um, I had never thought to ask it. And I think even it's not that I would necessarily go, you're like, I wouldn't hire somebody who didn't maybe get it quite right, especially in like a junior role. But I think it would be very telling as to how they think. 
about mm-hmm. these things. Like I think Lily's talking about, yeah, if you're hiring somebody who's supposed to have anything three or more years, you should have this, you should have a decent, maybe not a perfect, but a decent answer to that question. Um, but, um, you know, even if they did get it wrong in, in a more junior role to be able to understand how they're wrong, I think might be very telling as far as like, what direction you need to take their education, where are some holes in what they know might be, even if they're the best candidate for other reasons. To listen, for example, like all faces, I have people and I've looked through some resumes already. I have people who have like strong SEO, but no machine learning. I have people who like are a little stronger on the machine learning side. Like clearly they found it through machine learning, have like Mm -hmm. very little experience in SEO um, and understanding that, okay, maybe, you know, this might be one of those things that goes, okay, you understand about, you know, probably about 70% of, of how this system is working. Okay, but you're stronger over there. So I might still take you if you get that question wrong, but it, it's going to tell me where your your holes might be. And I think that make, is what makes a really good question is not the black and white, okay, now I know you're trash, mm-hmm. but the, oh, now I understand where your holes are. Um, a, a little bit better. I understand where the limits of your education are ending. Um, and, and, and also, to, to help me that. I think just in the way of phrasing the answers, where you might be able to go. Right. Um, or if, or in some cases, it's good to know that they have that, that foundation. Right. Um, I'm of the, I'm of the, I mean, I'm, I'm of the old school who thinks you need to have a basis in HTML. You need to know how the web works. You need to understand TCP IP um, or, or, or what was TCP or understand TCP IP and, you know, global, you know, the domain uh, routing and all that sort of stuff. You need to all understand all of that stuff to be an SEO. Yeah. But I think that's an old, that's kind of an archaic set of opinions. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a funny one because I tend to have that too, but I'm from the same, sort of generation as you were. And, and it's it's funny, I was, I was likening in a chat with one of my friends uh, yesterday about the, it's a lot easier for me. To, like I, I, I almost pity people who are learning computers right now because yes, they do amazing things, but frig, there's a lot to learn. Like yeah. I learned on a VIC 20, right? Like there were like eight things the thing did and I got to grow <laughs> my knowledge with the thing, right? Yeah. Like I got to grow with it. Um, and I think that's where you and I, like we started, you ahead of me by about a year, but we started in the early days of all this where there wasn't a choice. You needed to know how the domain name system worked. You needed to know how server IP addressing and you needed to know how, what the different IP classes were. You needed to know all of this. Now you, you don't. Like I know that the, the person that we hire will never touch HTML. Not Well, I mean, they might on their own, but they will never with us because you're not given access that I'm not given access to that level of the code, right? Like that's not something I, I deal with. We deal with the developers and then they make that work for us, right? However we need, but that's just not a, a part of the code that we get to, to work in. Uh, scheme, on the other hand, they would. So, you know, it, it, it's just a different sort of world that they're facing right now. But if you went with the majority that, what, this is 63.5% on WordPress, I don't care if you're using WordPress, you need to know how to, how to, work in HTML and not break PHP. (laughs) I mean, I'm not a PHP writer, but I need to be able to get in that code and and understand what not to break. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I think in most jobs, you you would absolutely need that. And and I think you're you're right. Those foundations are are handy, but I think you called out on, you were like, might be archaic when you were talking about IPs. Most of them probably don't actually need that anymore, but 
I, I still think it's a handy skill to have being able to get into cPanel or something like that. And just basically imagine. knowing how the web works. Like yeah. um, we're supposed to be the great, or we were, we were at one time the great auto mechanics of the web. Um, if it was broken, your SEO was probably the one who was fixing it because your webmaster <laughs> was like somebody's cousin's kid who's long gone. Um, so yeah, um, we're not quite, I don't think we, we aren't quite that anymore, but um, and so I thought it was stuff that, uh, that, 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 that um, it's good to have as a major foundation. And incidentally, what if they do move on into their, in, in, in their careers and need to extract Google tag manager code from source code? When are they going to do that? Yeah, well, exactly. Totally screwed. <laughs> then they'll be, call, be calling the old people to come and like change the tires for them. Well, indeed. And something I'll point out that, you know what, I, I said you wouldn't need that at, at the company I work for right now. Um, and, and that is true. This person will not be touching HTML. But then I say that and I've had to, my knowledge of HTML is helping me troubleshoot why we're having problems with our Google, Google Tag Manager implementation in its placement on the HTML. So that yes. is an entirely valid point. Even though I'm not working in HTML, my understanding As of it is helping me understand what's, what's going on. Then as an uh, SEO, you got to diagnose stuff. That's half yeah. the job is di is diagnosing stuff. Um, anyway, um, it's, it's amazing how <laughs> the how snappers. the uh, gotta, seriously you gotta get off my source code. It's amazing <laughs> how the industry has has changed and branched out. Yeah. Um, okay, we're uh, rounding the corner. We got a bunch more stories to go, so it's gonna, I think we're gonna start getting rapid fire. Um, Search Engine Journal, again, if you go back uh, to yesterday, check out a, Roger Monty explaining the freshness algorithm. Um, Google really, really, really wants to deliver relevant content. And often when it comes to, to, to event sort of information, um, getting the right content to people at the right time is, is clearly critical, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So... Uh, a while back, they did the freshness, what was called the freshness update. Um, it was uh, designed to, you know, help surface um, content that is like trending, regularly occurring, or subject to frequent updates. Um, and uh, Roger goes through a lengthy explanation of how to deal with each type of content. And um, why why the algorithm was put in place, and um, it's one of the uh, I think I think it's um, one of those basic things SEOs just gotta know. So required. Yeah, training. I mean, yeah, hundred percent. Like this just makes perfect sense to understand that. You know, now now we're getting back to it, right? Like understanding the mechanics of how algorithms work because each of these things will apply to you at some point in your career, right? Like that's just, you could work for a machine learning company. It's going to run some events, right? Like, and so this algorithm applies even if a year ago, you didn't know it applied to you because you were just running, you know, SEO for like a pink shop and they didn't do like, you know, any, any events or something. So keeping up on stuff like this is, is incredibly important. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. 
Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Now, this is also about, like, topical stuff. So this could be Christmas, Halloween, um, uh, Valentine's Day stuff, um, which is, you know, a regularly occurring event or set of events. Um, so it's not just about your events, but it's around about content around like, you know, commonly occurring things. Um, so think of those as like anchors, um, your own and just social things that you and your website tend to do over and over and over again, or, or tend to celebrate over and over again and, um, check out, check out the article. Yeah, and suddenly, you know what, I actually saw this play out, uh, an element of this. It may not actually be, it's related to, it may not have to do with this update, but I, I think is is worth noting because it's just a fascinating part of SEO. Be interesting to chat with Jason Bernard about this, but uh, regular listeners will know that I have been following Dolly Mini very, very closely over the last like two months mm-hmm. since, uh, since it took off. Um, I believe I mentioned last week, Maybe it's just that I talk about it so much that it might not have been on the show, uh, but that it had moved to or, or rebranded as we Crayon. did. A- oh, yep. yes. That I'm was like, noted. Great. I remember chatting about how, um, the speed with which Google understood that this is this and the crayon AIY is not crayon like Crayola mm-hmm. AY. Uh, the speed with which it grabbed all of that um, was incredibly fast like faster than I've ever seen before. Um, now it's an incredibly, you know, sort of well-known sort of entity unto itself, but it was still like a matter of days I could count on my hand that it managed to understand that this wasn't a typo, um, you know, which it, it did on day one. It thought it was a typo and crayon AI Y um, was, was showing Crayola. Um, and now all of a sudden it isn't. Um, it, it, it was very, 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 very impressive. So it also has impacts outside of just like things like this and understanding that freshness is a factor. It doesn't just touch on I do events or I do news, but also just understanding that as you're introducing concepts or removing concepts uh, from your website, that these things need to be picked up very, very quickly. And that will have to do with freshness and how frequently Google 
um, is able to understand and extrapolate uh, when something is new and when it's just a person with lazy fingers typing the wrong thing. Indeed. Okay. Um, Google has um, updated its search guidelines to um, its organic search guidelines and rich results guidelines to better mesh with uh, merchant guidelines. And that means if you're in uh, certain spaces, um, you're not going to be seeing rich results any longer. And they're in, in fact asking you not to mark up for them. So um, Google um, rich result guidelines are now prohibiting anything to do with weapons, um, recreational drugs, tobacco, vaping products, and gambling related products. And um, these are just sort of headings. Underneath each of these categories are um, vast numbers of subheadings. Um, for instance, under weapons, um, paintball guns and paintballs, uh, paintball and recreational, um, uh, 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 paintball recreation supplies are banned. Um, uh, I imagine uh, recreational drugs, tobacco, vaping, and gambling also have a number of subheadings. Um, so if you're in those spaces, you should probably be checking with um, uh, uh, Google's developer docs and um, check out the uh, new advanced structured data uh, guidelines. So I have to wonder then, like in, in the, the schema sort of setup, have they just like blocked Vegas? Have they just gone, oh, well, we don't need to give this advice to Vegas anymore um, because, well, there's like a restaurant, so maybe we'll let them put their menus. But like, it seems like everything on here, the first thing I thought of is, well, like Vegas is lost schema now. Like <laughs> that, that entire city pretty much doesn't get featured snippets. Um, well, there's, there is that roller coaster on top of the, uh, right. And, um, I think there's, um, uh, that the, the, the downtown area that Tony Hirsch created, uh, and there's a couple sneaker stores, right. So, so they can have the freshness. Going for them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Okay, so what if you go ahead and mark up this stuff anyway in the hopes that Google doesn't notice you but, uh, but passes over your competition? Nothing. nothing. As far as um, uh, Google says, nothing's going to happen. You're just not going to get those rich results. So don't bother marking up for it. Um, no manual action, according, according to Shaberry's article. Um, and the policy has gone into effect as of now. Um, the, 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 the story was published at 1 p.m. today. And um, according to Google, it was effective immediately. Right. So, I mean, interestingly, like I know how, how sort of my brain works. And if you were involved in one of these sectors or you had a client involved in one of these sectors, would you say we should remove that right now? Or would you say no harm and they might make a mistake? <laughs> like, um, so leave it in. I actually have a client in one of those sectors right now, and I'm saying leave stuff as it is right now. There was a whole bunch of work put into putting it there in the first place. Um, everything's, I mean, everything's on file. It's not like it can't be injected back in again. But um, Google's not going to penalize for it. Right. Um, and there are other engines. Like, yeah. there are other sources that are reading the schema. 
So yeah, like I'm assuming he's keeping, but uh, yeah. So. so yeah, you can you can you can stick with that, but it's uh, losing losing that amount of amount of attention from the world's largest search engine. It's um, I mean maybe the listeners might hear this in my voice as I'm confronting the story for the first time, but it's actually a significant amount of traffic. Um, and it's um, uh, it's issue related. It's it's going to be issue related. Uh, and now on the plus side, it's all your competitors too. Like, That's true. So it's just level. So just hope that it, the people that'll be really hurt were the people that were like in position eight who got bumped up to zero, right? Like yeah. they'll take the big hit. People who were like number one or two who got bumped up to zero, I don't think we'll, we'll see as, as big a traffic hit. They might even see a gain if you were in number one, because now you got to click, uh, you know, for, for some of the information, but. Uh, so it's, these are highly competitive spaces again, and anything you can do that differentiates you or or gets you know it gets the searcher closer to the result they were looking for mm-hmm. is a much stronger chance of making the sale. Yeah. Um, and it's funny when you're when you're in the when you're in the big e-com spaces, it's not as much about rankings because if you've done your work right and the search is close to. Um, the search, the search query itself is close to describing the product. Um, you're going to be, you're going to get noticed. But so we, are, as Dave said, so you're competition. So you need to give that little extra notice, and that's that's the thing that that that's being lost here. The search result will still be there. Ten yeah. blue links. There'll be a blue link. There just won't be a whole bunch of flowers and fireworks <laughs> and like you know eye candy around the blue link. Yeah. Um. So, um, machine learning modeling, huh? And teaching teaching machines how the real world is is hard. Yeah, it is really hard. Um, yeah, I guess this is twice in one episode that I'll be talking about Dolly, and three times in three episodes. <laughs> I've been talking for multiple times across three episodes. Um, but for well, it's uh, fascinating. It is truly fascinating. It, it is, and and this is one of the like clear ones that bothers me the the mm-hmm. most but i understand how it happens and it's it's hard to do um the, and this is not a dig the, the folks over at OpenAI, the developers of dolly not dolly mini but dolly itself sort of original do incredible work in in trying to remove bias they, these are also mm-hmm. the people that built gpt3 um in the gpt series like they're putting in an incredible work but i have access to dolly too um, so I, I play around with it and, and I have some fun with it. Um, and I, I saw a very clear um, example of the bias and I, I couldn't help but go, this is very interesting. Um, and I, I posted it and, and shared it with them. Um, and I had just some, some weird queries as people dump in. I would love to see all the queries that people dump into like Dolly and Dolly Mini. Like it would just be interesting. Well, okay. I would like to see all of this safe for work <laughs> queries that won't make my heart sad. Um, um, but yeah, I put in a couple related to internet marketing. Um, and I wanted, what I wanted was to create a new profile picture for myself. Um, and I had like an internet marketer with a pit boy for people to follow three fans, uh, you know, wandering the wastelands. And then one related to an internet marketer riding a unicorn. Uh, just wanted to, to see what it came. Well, I did the first one and then I'm like, okay, let's just put riding a unicorn and see if it, if it duplicates. I ran a couple queries after that. It did the same thing. It believes that internet marketers are white dudes. Like that's just, it's, it's clearly built in because for all the queries that I entered in, we're internet marketer. Like 
This is not defining a gender. It's just saying an internet marketer. All of the pictures that it generated were a white guy. Um, And I thought that's that's really, really, I I get where it comes from because it's reference points. It's training data are obviously weak, but, uh, or not weak. It's missing stuff about internet marketers, clearly. Like Mm -hmm. it's missing that like, we talked about like Lily Ray, right? Lily Ray is not a, it's not a dude. (laughs) So it's missing that like, it's got these big gaps and I don't know how to address it. Um, I know the folks at OpenAI, I just saw an email from them a couple of days ago, like they're working hard and they just put out some papers on, on how they're tackling this and where it comes from. But um, it's it's a big problem. And, and it was here's, weird to see a clear example. Here's the weird thing. It's a very clear example. Like, I mean, we I mean, know the other examples of, of other machines that were being taught by, uh, by the open internet, um, the IBM, uh, Microsoft, and uh, 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 Amazon each had a uh, machine that, they they, they, they they tried to 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 um i guess teach to chat by introducing to and each by introducing to the open internet and each of these machines turned out to be terribly racist right. just say horrible things back as replies and um this is not wasn't microsoft's fault wasn't wasn't anyone's fault it's it's, it's certainly not um uh open ai's fault nothing at all like like but it's an example. If you need an active example of what systemic bias really means, everything that's out there says um, internet marketers are white dudes because the very, yeah. very bulk of material out there says so. Um, people represent internet marketers in, in tunes or images, um, drawings or whatever. Um, and let's face it, a bunch of white dudes succeeded in the early days of internet marketing. Yeah. Um, it's this is the model that's that's in the system's mind as it imagines what this thing looks like. Imagine, you know, our our our, our entire society much the same way. Systemic bias exists, and this is a great example of it yeah. of it, of active systemic bias. Indeed. Um, Indeed. And, and it's no one's fault, but the solutions everybody's um, responsibility. Responsibility, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's actually, I, I think, I think these are all really amazingly neat experiments. Yeah, indeed. And they really bring to light what, what we all know. And it yeah. just makes a very, very clear and colorful example on my Twitter feed. And, uh, I'm afraid that's it. We have gone full clock. And, uh, again, we know that there's, there's other shows coming up right behind us in the studio. So, um, you know what we don't do often enough. I think Brasco. It's the last day of June. Um, Brasco, dude, thank you so much, man, for for the work you're doing with uh, with our show and everybody else's show. Um, so, on behalf of Dave Davies from uh, Weights and Biases, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Weights Media. You've listened to Webcology on WMR.fm on the uh, recorded on the 30th of June, 2020. Tomorrow's July. Next month is August, and after that, summer's over. So you know what to do. Get out there and enjoy it. Um, do that work-life balancing and have some fun this summer. Stay safe, rank well, be kind to each other, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Be well. The opinions expressed in this WMR.FM program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WMR.FM. 
Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com.